Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You may not always like his opinion, but you can bet he'll have one. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I was toying with the idea of uh, calling Tom Mulcair and asking Mr. Mulcair if he cared to speak with us about uh, JTF2 and the sniper incident and shot heard around the world, but decided against that. Instead, we're going to be speaking with the former commanding officer of Joint Task Force 2 in about an hour and a half's time. Former, uh, he's retired recently, Lieutenant Commander Steve Day will be with us. Now, talk to us about the training that goes into being a sniper for one of the world's foremost special forces military units, counterterrorism unit. And JTF-2 has the distinction of being um, mandated to operate within Canada as well as outside the country. Now, Mr. Mulcair has some problems with that. However, most of us feel that it was... One heck of an accomplishment, and if you can terrify the terrorist, then why not? And we'll talk to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Day about what kind of person becomes a member of Joint Task Force 2. And from what I understand, they're rated in the top four in the world as far as Special Forces units are concerned. So that's coming up on the show today. Um... Don Ray Downton is back with us, with her husband. And you know from our conversations with Don Ray that she is battling uh, massive chronic pain, and she's been on fentanyl for the last 12 years by way of prescription. And she's very concerned that this may end, and she has a suicide plan in place. So what's it like if you're in a stable, happy marriage, but one of the partners has Massive chronic pain that is so intense that that person has decided to commit suicide if the medication is withheld. We'll talk to both of them about that. And I'm going to play back for you. Um, some of you heard it yesterday. Most of you didn't. The interview with Dr. Mary Redmond from the Ottawa area. She's a pain management specialist. She has about 1,200 patients, she told us. And it's going to be very interesting for you to hear Dr. Redmond talk about this whole approach by the uh, by the federal and provincial governments and medical bodies about opioids. There's another story in the news today, um, and I'll get into that with you a little bit later as well. But you will not want to miss a moment of this. Now, there have been a couple of times when I wondered, are we, doing, are we talking too much about this? The issue of chronic pain, massive chronic pain, and the people who are struggling and who, people who are so desperate. You've heard them on the air. Is it going to get to be a little bit too much? Are we doing too much? But I'll tell you, there are just hundreds and hundreds of emails that are coming in. Most of them are from patients, people who are struggling, but others are as well from listeners with comments and thoughts. And yesterday, I received two emails from emergency room doctors. One of them is a very senior physician in this country, 
and I'm going to read you that email in about half an hour's time. I'll try to read you both of the emails. But the doctors and I posted this on my page, on my on my uh, show page. Go to any of the radio stations that carry this program. Go to the Roy Green Show page, and you'll find the audio, and you'll find what I've written. And I wrote a post that said that the doctors are starting to speak out, and they are. And one of the things Dr. Redmond told us yesterday is that some of her colleagues have decided they will no longer practice pain management because they cannot stand, you'll hear this, they cannot stand not being allowed or, or being pressured into not giving their patients what they require. So that's coming up. There's a lot on the show today. I'm going to start with this. I don't know how to introduce this other than just to tell you I'm going to traffic court because... A few weeks ago, I was pulled over by a uh, local gendarme in an SUV, unmarked, of course. And I, I don't know how many lights they had, but it was in the low hundreds. And uh, he pulled me over and asked for my driver's license, asked me if I owned the car that I was driving, and, and said that I'd coasted three times. He said, coasted through a stop sign. I know I didn't coast through the stop sign. I know I didn't roll through the stop sign. I know I stopped at the stop sign. And I was very respectful to the police officer. And frankly, he was very courteous to me. But I said, do you have it on video? I want to see it. He said, no, I don't. So I said, I can challenge this, right? And he said, yes, you can. So I've decided I'm going to court. I do not have on my record, on my driving record, even one incident of going through a stop sign. My driving record is clean. Haven't had a moving offense, moving violation for over 20-odd years. But this officer says I went through the stop sign, and I'm going to fight him on that. I'm going to challenge him. I'm going to go to court. And uh, the gentleman I'm going to talk to is Doug Morton. And Doug is a former, he's a retired police officer from London, Ontario. And he's also a paralegal in, in the province of Ontario. And I guess, well, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just spill the beans. Doug is going to represent me in, uh, in, in traffic court. So... Doug, thank you very much for agreeing to do this. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> well, thanks, Roy, and it's um, a pleasure to speak with you, and hello to your audience. Well, you know, I, uh, look, let me, let me first of all say to you that when this all began, I had no idea why I was being stopped. I wasn't even sure that the police officer was stopping me until he stayed behind me and all these lights were flashing. I thought, man, it probably is me. I absolutely am certain I stopped at that stop sign. I'm absolutely certain. So this is why I want to take it to traffic court. Um, what are the chances? How does this work? How, what happens now? Well, what's happened now, Roy, is uh, we filed the necessary paperwork to request a trial date. Uh, and uh, in a few weeks, the document will arrive to you and to me to tell us when the trial date is. And when that document arrives, I will order the disclosure. Now, the police have to disclose all their notes on this incident and um, you have the that's a constitutional right everybody has in this country mm -hmm. a lot of people go to traffic court not knowing they have that right mm -hmm. um, so as soon as we get that I write to the prosecutor's office and I inform them I'm representing you they should already know I represent you and they'll send me the disclosure which are the officer's notes and then that's when you and I have, have another chat about uh, about the incident because we'll have the We'll have everything from the officer's point of view. Right. And then we, uh, we can develop our defense. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't predict outcomes. Um, uh, we just go and do the best we can with, with what we have to work for. And my experience is um, 
And the times where the defendants are adamant that they're absolutely correct, they end up being absolutely correct. And uh, it just takes a, a little bit of airing of the issue and asking the right questions and uh, having a, a, a justice who's going to listen to us. You know, Doug, what I've done over the last couple of weeks since I got that ticket it was for 100 bucks. Um, I think with tax, it comes to $100. Why they tax the ticket, I don't know, but anyway. Uh, so I, I've just monitored what I, how I drive when I come to a stop sign and tried so hard to make sure that I don't do anything differently, that I don't actually uh, make conscious, a conscious effort to stop. Just do my normal driving, and I stop at stop signs. So I'm more convinced now than I was the day that I got the ticket that I stopped at that stop sign. How... Let me ask you this. How wise or un- how unwise is it for somebody to go to traffic court on their own and not be represented? Well, I think it depends on how savvy you are in, in walking into an unknown situation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, having said that, um, you know, most people who go to traffic court are more worried about the merit points uh, because it will infect their insurance uh, rate. Right. And certainly uh, where I practice, where most of my practice is, which is sort of in the uh, 416-905 area of Ontario, um, you get the merit points and the insurance companies start wringing their hands thinking, oh, we're going to get more money here. Right. It's all, it's, all about, it's all about the money. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. So most people are interested in, uh, yeah, I did it, uh, but how can I save my demerit points? Um, in that kind of a situation, it's most of the time you can go in, you can speak with the prosecutor, and, and they'll work with you. Because uh, I'll be honest with you, Roy, uh, the traffic court, the, we're going to end up in a, a, going to court on a tier that runs about three hours from 9 o'clock in the morning until noon. Mm-hmm. And on that tier will be as many as 40 uh, defendants. So if you did the math, you've got 180 minutes available to you from 9 to noon. So about three minutes. Yeah. So how can everybody have a trial? And all these matters are set for trial. So how can everybody have a trial? So where, where they can work with people and, and people can leave feeling that, that they got treated fairly, uh, you know, it works in favor. And, those, and at the end of the day, those who want to have a trial, there should be time left in the tier for them to have their trial. Okay. And, and uh, there, you told me there are three options in the province of Ontario, and I would imagine most other provinces as well. But you, if you get a moving violation ticket or, or any, a ticket, you have three options. You can pay, yeah. you can pay the, the, the fine as mandated, or you can yeah. do what are the, what are, obviously traffic court is one of them. What's the other one? The other option is called an early resolution meeting with the prosecutor. And you can have that in, uh, before you have a trial. Right. And so you can go in and you can sit down and meet with the prosecutor for a few minutes. You can plead your case, and uh, you can. And, and if you this is this is mainly for people who are interested in, in resolving the matter, not saying, "Listen, I didn't do this." Mm-hmm. For people who are adamant they didn't run the red light or they didn't cut that person off, an early resolution meeting is just a waste of time because. The prosecutors, they're, they're, they're called resolution meetings for a purpose. They want to get these things resolved, cleared up, and off the table. Okay, let me ask you one other question. It has nothing to do sure. with me, this one. Okay. Well, there was a news story about a, a guy in Saskatchewan, in Regina, who is charged with driving through a construction zone at 183 kilometers an hour. Yes. 
The officer couldn't go get him. I mean, the guy was gone. But I guess they had license plate or something, somehow. They tracked him down. Right. So he's now facing, obviously, some serious issues. If that were in, uh, well, in most provinces, what are you looking at? Uh, suspension of license? And how expensive would this possibly get? Well, in Ontario, that type of uh, driving, uh, if, if they charged you under the Highway Traffic Act and didn't charge you with dangerous driving, uh, so being charged under the Highway Traffic Act, it would be the, the case, uh, the offense of stunt driving. Now, the minimum fine for stunt driving is a $2,000 fine and six demerit points. You can get up to six months in jail for it. The fine, I believe, can go up to $10,000. And they can suspend your license for a minimum, for for maximum of two years, I believe. Okay. So so, so somebody like that uh, would, attract the, would attract a higher range of... Uh, penalty. So this is serious business when you're doing that. You and I will be doing something that's serious, but uh, fairly routine for the traffic court, I would think. But I'm, I feel very strongly about this. I'm, I have no yeah. doubt. There isn't even a, a, a modicum of doubt that I, yeah. that I stopped. If there were, I'd pay, take my lumps, and get on with my life. Absolutely. Doug, thank you so much for the time, and uh, I look forward can I, to... Can I just want to add one thing? Sure. Okay. When I was a police officer, and I trained police officers, and I supervised police officers, our number one job, the number one thing we had to do was make sure that we left for work, left work in the same shape we arrived. Yeah. And, and today, that's probably why a lot of these police cruisers look like Christmas trees for the amount of lights. It's, the, it's one of the most dangerous things a police officer can do is, is to actually get out on foot in a live lane of traffic. And that's why they would have all these lights on. Okay, well, I appreciate that, but it made my heart jump into my throat. Well, I'm sure it did. <laughs> thank you, Doug. Okay, Roy, we'll see you soon. And, I'll be seeing you uh, soon. Thanks, thanks to your listeners. Have oh, a good day. Thank you, sir. Doug Morton on the Roy Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. All right. Look, my, uh, my number is 1-800-263-2428. 1-800-263-2428. Once in a while, I like to share a little something that I'm doing or that's happening to me. And, and I know that I stopped. I know that I stopped. I, I have a clean driving record. I also have a car with more than 500 horsepower, but I wasn't using it all because I was stopped. It was a $100 ticket. I knew that, or I know that if I'd paid it, well, I may yet have to pay it, the uh, insurance rates would go up dramatically, and I'd have the demerit points, which I do not deserve. So my question for you is this. Have you ever been to traffic court? Have you, has anybody listening to this program right now uh, taken a, a ticket and said, no, I didn't do this? Have you gone to traffic court and what was the experience like? Was it a two or three minute experience for you as well? And, and what happened? Did you have to pay? I'm really curious what happened. 1-800-263-2428 is, is my number to call. And uh, and what did they? Uh, what, what were you? Uh, what were you charged with? What were you know? What did the officer say you did? And the other question I have is about this individual in in Regina, the 183 kilometers an hour in the uh, in the construction zone. There are people who are saying that his car should be taken away from him and sold. Is that fair or is that too much? 800-263-2428. Have you fought a ticket? What did it turn out? Uh, how did it turn out for you? Have you gone to traffic court? And with a guy in Regina, when people are saying his car should be taken away from him and it should be sold, as that, that's the, what the penalty should be, do you agree or disagree with that? We'll come back.